This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 20, The Haunting of Leap Castle. The sound of the rain beating down against the windows of the chapel can be heard throughout the crowd of those in attendance. The already uneasy feeling of everyone there was heightened by the storm, as they stood there in near nervousness. Thaddeus O'Carroll made his way through the congregation, towards the altar, attempting to ignore the quiet chatter and side-eyed glances, determined to begin the service. Thaddeus was the head of the O'Carroll family, and it was his responsibility and duty to lead his people in prayer. The recent death of his father had created a feud between he and his younger brother, Tig. Tig believed that a priest had no right, nor business, assuming the title of Lord of Eli. The O'Carroll family history was questionable, and that was made apparent. When Thaddeus' grandfather had died, leadership of their clan had not been passed down to his father, whom had been born out of wedlock. Instead, Fergananium, Thaddeus' father's brother, had challenged him for leadership, determined to take the title by force. This ultimately led to his expiration, murdered by a group of relatives, led by his cousin, Dana. That morning, Thaddeus' mother had asked him not to commence Mass until Tig had made his way to Leap Castle, fearing that doing so would only further fuel the conflict between the two brothers. However, Thaddeus dismissed his mother's worries. He knew that if he gave the role to his brother, or stepped down on his behalf, It would damage his reputation. Through the piercing sounds of thunder and the beating of the rain, Thaddeus attempted to welcome his relatives and began to lead them in worship. As they continued through Mass, the feeling of unease and nervousness continued to plague the congregation, till the chapel doors were suddenly smashed open, almost in a fit of rage. Tig quickly entered the room, bearing his sword in his left hand. As he forced his way in the room, he pushed and knocked over his family members, pushing them to one side. His sights were set on Thaddeus, standing at the altar. As he approached him, he began accusing him of disrespect and demanding what he felt was rightfully his. Given the armed soldiers surrounding his enraged brother, Thaddeus calmly accepted his fate. Thaddeus slowly walked to the center of the chapel, while tightly clutching his Bible in one hand and his rosary in the other. Knowing his last moments were fleeting quickly, he stood there in the middle of the congregation, quietly praying to himself. All of a sudden, Tig drove his blade into Thaddeus' chest, killing him instantly. 
The entire congregation then fled the scene in horror. Tig leaned down to pry the Bible from Thaddeus's dead fingers and threw it off to the side of the room. Little did he know at the time, his rule would also end in bloodshed, as the lords of Eli walked in company of death and dishonor. Roughly a decade later, Tig lay dying at the hand of his cousin, Cahir. This continued the circle of betrayal and murder that had forever plagued the family. While the leadership of the O'Carrolls would pass on to a son, and then grandson after, both of whom would also perish at the hands of their relatives. Those that lived in Leap Castle began to witness and experience haunting occurrences in and around what had became known as the Bloody Chapel. During the late hours of the night, guards would report having seen candlelight shining through the building's windows, followed by the sound of prayer quietly being recited from within. Upon surveying the inside of the building, all they found was darkness and silence, and the building was completely empty. Rumors quickly began to spread. It was believed that Thaddeus could not move on from the scene of his murder. His spirit was said to be forever committed to watching over his congregation. Some visitors who stayed in the priest's house reported being unable to sleep due to being awakened or scared by an unexpected appearance of a faceless, cowled figure, who had vanished just as quickly as it had appeared. Others reported having been choked or smothered in their beds by an unseen force that seemed to crush the air from their lungs before abruptly and unexpectedly stopping. Decades progressed into centuries, and it was made clear that Thaddeus wasn't the only one unable to move on from Leap Castle. Identities of other apparitions were documented and suggested that the family's brutal and bloody history had caused a number of wronged victims to forever haunt the area. Several visitors reported encountering a mysterious lady dressed in a blood-red cloak. Even in pure darkness, the woman's form could still be made out. The woman was described as having a rage-filled expression on her face and carrying a dagger in one of her hands. Whenever someone would see her, she would chase them, as if attempting to attack them, screaming in rage before disappearing. There was a legend that stated the woman came from a nearby settlement and was kidnapped and forced into sexual acts by several of the O'Carroll men. In result of the occurrences, she became pregnant. She begged and pleaded with her attackers for help in raising her child. The men didn't take kindly to her pleading and ended up stabbing her and the baby to death, leaving their bodies lying out in the open. They felt in doing so this would intimidate the other local residents. In addition to the other apparitions reported, two young girls had also been seen moving around the grounds of the castle on multiple occasions. They were believed to be the ghosts of two sisters that had died there, named Emily and Charlotte. Emily was only 11 years old when she was killed, falling to her death. Many people had witnessed her repeatedly plunging to her death only for no corpse to be found, despite many searches performed of the grounds. Charlotte had also been seen many times around the grounds. She was able to be identified by a withered leg 
a defect that she was born with. She would sometimes approach visitors of the castle and ask if they had seen her missing sister. On other occasions, she would appear suddenly inside a room, crying and sobbing before vanishing. Despite the other ghosts that haunted the castle, the most disturbing and frightening of them all was known by those who encountered it as the Elemental. It was first recorded at the turn of the century by Leap Castle's occupant at the time, Mildred Darby. One evening, she was standing in one of the galleries admiring the paintings, when she was completely overtaken by the scent of decaying flesh. As Mildred tried to keep down the feeling of nausea, she caught sight of a figure standing a few feet away, staring at her. The figure had a humanoid body, but was thin, with gray and mottled skin. The figure also had patches of fur randomly sprouted from its naked body, Its face was deformed by decay and rot, and housed two gaping holes where the eyes should have been. Additionally, the figure appeared to be fully grown. When the figure realized Mildred had become aware of its presence, it quickly faded away. Over the years, she would go on to report a number of encounters with this particular figure. On November of 1915, Mildred wrote an entry in her diary. She stated that while her husband was away on business, she allowed two of the serving staff to entertain some of the soldiers from a nearby barracks. The four of them had been socializing in the priest's house when they were overpowered by the foul odor Mildred had endured. They then noticed a small figure hanging from the rafters staring at them. This caused them to flee in terror. The two serving staff members both resigned and left Leap Castle the following morning, never to return. Encounters with this foul entity have persisted to the present day, including an experience of a visitor to the site in June of 2006. It is said the witness was walking up a spiral staircase in the castle, and the putrid smell of sulfur had made its way to his nostrils. He noticed what appeared to be a creature where a figure just above the narrow passageway staring back at him. The witness feared the creature was going to pounce on him. As fear and terror overtook him, the witness slowly backed away, closing and securing the door to the staircase behind him. Whatever powerful force continues to possess the ability to capture and keep the souls of the dead to Leap Castle may have been released as a result from the several massacres that had taken place there. There are additional rumors that state the O'Carroll family once hosted 40 members of the McMahon family from Monaghan, who helped them win victory during a previous battle. Instead of paying for the assistance of the McMahon family, they poisoned the food given to them, killing every one of them and burying their bodies in the castle grounds. Despite the gruesome nature of these particular events, physical evidence exists of a far greater series of murders that were committed within the castle walls. In 1922, during the Irish Civil War, a group of men snuck into the castle grounds and set fire to many of the buildings. The fires caused extensive structural damage, taking years of work to repair. While repairs were underway, the builders working on the chapel uncovered a secret dungeon hidden beneath the floorboards. 
the dungeon shaft opened up and dropped into a pit with wooden spikes, in which the remains of many victims were found still impaled. It is said that, in total, the estimate of the amount of bones found belong up to up to 150 victims. Upon further investigation of the bodies, analysis shows some of the personal possessions found date as recently as the 1800s. Some skeptics point out that Mildred Darby was an accomplished fiction writer and dismiss some of her encounters as embellished fictional nonsense. It is said that Mildred's husband had a quick temper and would often leave trails of muddy footprints from the stables throughout the main building. He claimed there were no ghosts in the home and that Mildred had made it all up for attention and to aid her writing career. The current occupants of Leap Castle are musicians Sean Ryan and his wife Ann Callanan. To this day, they continue to restore the castle and what remains of the damage inflicted upon the property nearly a century ago. They allow frequent tours and ghost hunting events to take place at the castle as well. Sean has confirmed that the activity in the castle remains and continues to this day. However, he feels the spirits that inhabit his home have just as much right to live there as he, possibly more so, given the manner in which their abrupt expiration occurred. It can be easy to argue that any location, with a significant history and vast amount of tragedy that took place there, would house supernatural activity. However, Leap Castle holds such a large scale of suffering that has been documented and reported over centuries, and a large number of ghost sightings, it sets it apart from many similar buildings. Regardless, if it is the cause of the murderous actions of the O'Carrolls, or the misfortunes of all involved, the spirits that call Leap Castle home will remain there beyond the time the castle falls. Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We're your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now, the debrief. Dude, so this is like a proper period piece. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is for sure. I mean, it takes place over from, I think it was, uh, I think it was originally established in like 1300, between 1300 and 1500. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty nuts. It's like, yeah, that's... I've um, I've been rereading and like writing an analysis of Macbeth lately, okay. and it kind yeah. of it kind of reminded me of that time period. That yeah, awesome. And Macbeth is very like supernaturally, right? Too, so yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's this was a really cool story. Like the thing that grabbed me was the event with the McMahon family. Yeah, I'm gonna avoid any any wrestling references, but like, the, <laughs> yeah, the um, no, but it like it reminded me of like the Red Wedding from Game of Thrones. Yeah, they yeah. they fed them poison basically instead of paying them in return for them, you know, helping them essentially, um, yeah. and then just slaughter the entire family, right? So yeah, pretty Red Wedding. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. I mean, that's a because at that point they were allies. You right. know, and the McMahon family is like helping, helping the O'Carrolls and 
Like it comes, it comes down to you know. Apparently, you got to know who your true friends are. I guess. Apparently, <laughs> solid cat poster logic. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. No, but like, um, yeah, I thought I thought that was a really a really interesting scene. And then like the shit with the giant punji pit under the under yeah the, floor. the the dungeon that they had discovered as they were doing the repairs in the castle. Yeah, and you said they found 150 bodies. The remains of at least 150 bodies. And there were still bodies still still impaled hanging yeah. on like these like I'm assuming like bones and shit just dangling from these wooden spikes. Yeah. Because that's, that's all it was. It was a spike pit that uh, this as, opened up to. As, you said it was as recent as the 1800s. As 1800s, yeah. So this That's, is, at this point, this was after 1922 when the Irish Civil War happened. They burned half of the castle. And right. so uh, it was bought, uh, I mean, it was bought in like 1970s. At that point, right. it was abandoned by um, by Mildred's family, Mildred uh, Far- Darby. Mildred Darby. So after she left, the castle was abandoned until 19, uh, I wanted to say like 1973 or... Uh, yeah. 1970, 1974 it was actually okay. bought by uh, Peter Bartlett, um, an Australian uh, that had Irish roots at that point. He bought it with the intent of restoring the castle. Um, and so at that Did point, he get much restoration done. They got a lot done. Um, okay. he actually died in 1989. I mean, it took, it took years. They were sure, still restoring course. it, you know, in 1989, but his crew was the ones that actually found it. It was an uh, like an ubelet, I believe, is what the actual word is. Yeah. Um, of like basically like a hidden passageway into like a dungeon, right? Um, right. But yeah, it was just uh, just in this this room, the floor opened up into this just pit, uh, essentially. And so, and then um, in 1989, when uh, Peter Bartlett had passed away, that's when Sean Ryan, that owns it to this day, him and his wife actually purchased it. And they've still yeah, continued on with the repairs. Nice. I've seen some pictures of Sean Ryan. He has like a big gnarly beard. Yeah, he's he's like yeah, pretty 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 solid dude. And the guy is crazy. I mean, he knows his shit too. Like he's very. Um, and I, I watched a couple interviews with him, and he is very like up to date on. I mean, he knows everything about the grounds, about the history, like right. very very in depth. You know, to the point where after they got the renovations and everything done, they ended up opening it up to the public and now allow like paranormal paranormal investigative groups to come through. Yeah, like they have like ghost hunting parties. They'll uh, offer like tours of it. Um, I think for as like cheap as like six pounds. Um, There's yeah, know, that's so. a big business now. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. a big business. The paratourism yeah thing it's, is huge. It's huge. I mean that would be cool as fuck too, because yeah. like I even watched I watched a couple of videos of tours of the place, and like some of it like you know is open to like the outside like some of the more areas that like aren't completely redone, um, right. and especially the area where they have that opens up into this dungeon. Um, I haven't seen any videos that actually show the dungeon, but show like a couple openings in the floor that go down pretty far. You just can't see nice. like what actually lies below there. Um, right. And I kept like I keep thinking as I like watch these things how cool it'd be to like you know tie up like a GoPro and just like dangle it in there as far as you can to see what's down there. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, super cool. I mean, it would be awesome. I've always wanted to just tour old castles and shit. And especially sure. a restored castle. Like, I mean, this dude now lives there as his home, you know? Right. And I know in a couple of interviews, like, he talks about, like, the ghosts that live there. Um, and how it's just, like, a common occurrence, you know? It, like, just like I mentioned in the story, you know, it's, they don't see it as, you know, like, uh, just they're being haunted. They see them as residents of the home. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I kind of really like his approach to it, right? Because, especially if you live in a building that old... Some right. shit's gonna live there. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Like without a doubt. Yeah. You're gonna have some shit. Yeah, and I think For especially sure. any of these old castles here, like especially yeah. this one, uh, uh like I said, I mean, there's there's kind of speculation as far as uh as its origin. Uh which yeah, they were stating uh and I found kind of some conflicting information on it. But anywhere from the thirteenth century to the fifteenth century. Okay. Um, so most likely... it was originally built? Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was actually built by the O'Bannon clan, uh, like the O'Bannon family. Um, and it was originally called Lim Ubinan. Okay. That's probably a horrible fucking, like... Yeah, <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> Pronunciation. But regardless, it's we'll okay. roll there with won't it. Be a, there won't be a quiz. <laughs> um uh, but also means, um, what was it? Leap of the Abandon. Okay. And uh, at that point, the O'Carrolls were like the big wigs of the area, right? They were like the fucking, right. you know, big dude. Yeah. And they overtook the land from the Abandon and took okay. over the castle. So they're like, no way, your castle can't be sweeter than ours. And <laughs> right. And they took it. And they took it. <laughs> Just- right. <laughs> You know, and then it went through, it got passed on through the centuries by apparently a fucking crazy family that could never find a, could never decide on a ruler because they liked to kill whoever was in rule so they could have it for themselves. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and that brings me to what might be the scariest thing that's seen there, which is this thing they call the elemental. The elemental, yes. Right. So I have a couple theories about the elemental. I have some theories okay. as well. Yeah, let's do it. So, one, I know that like Ireland was big with, yeah, big with druids. Yes, it was like there were a lot of like, I mean, druids were all over Ireland before the castle would have been built, right? So, if we think about this as like a true elemental, maybe it's something maybe like summoned by druids, right? Yep. Like, that that was one thought I had. Because I always think Druids when I think Ireland. Right? Yeah. And they were yeah. all about these, like, massive summoning rituals and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. That's that's one of the uh, one of the more popular theories is that okay. uh, the elemental was actually not a spirit of any deceased member of the of the O'Carroll family. Right. Um, and they they thought that because due to basically it's very inhuman appearance, right? Right. And some believe that the creature may predate the actual original construction of the castle uh, during the 13th century. So again, going back to you know dating around yeah. the 13th century uh, and potentially having been summoned by ancient druids as a pr- as a form of protection on the site. Nice. Well, there you go. Yeah. 
Nailed it. So yeah, I mean that's actually one of the one of the bigger theories of the elemental. I mean, that was one of the first things I thought from. of for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The my other idea was if it is a human, I was like, because it has like a very like zombie almost appearance, right? Like a lot of like yeah, damaged uh, flesh and the right. The it's stink. like spotty flesh. It has like random patches of fur that right. smells like just decayed flesh and rot. Yeah. Right. So I was thinking. I don't know, some kind of disease. I, mean, I don't know if leprosy was around back then. Maybe someone sounds like, like you've been doing your homework here. I no, I mean, I, I honestly I haven't read anything about it. It just some kind of it sounded like maybe someone who died of some crazy disease. Yeah. So actually, another possible idea is that the elemental was the result of a terrible disease. Well, Jesus, due to its hideous appearance. Uh, quite a few of the Okero family died at Leap Castle by contracting leprosy. Well, there you Okay. Uh-huh. Which some believe would account for the smell of the decaying flesh and the appearance of uh, putrefaction. Right. So... Like a rotting corpse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Literally yeah. a living, rotting... Yeah. Like, living... Yeah, I guess living. <laughs> yeah. That's um, scary as quote shit. Quote-unquote living. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So that I mean that literally lines up with that <laughs> one. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So you're like fucking two for two so far. Fuck yeah. You have any more? Um, let's let's do some more. I, I mean that that was my that was okay. my two ideas. I don't. Are there other like leading theories? There's, about there's what a couple. It is? Um, another theory states that uh, this figure, this being, may have been created by the eighth Earl of Kildare. Uh, Gerald Fitzgerald, while okay. he was laying siege to Leap Castle in an attempt in an, in an attempt to gain control of it from the O'Carrolls in 1513, like, uh, was it, he called some supernatural power to help him take over the castle. Exactly. So it was rumored that Fitzgerald was an accomplished sorcerer and Ooh. occultist um, who had used his dark arts to gain victory in previous battles. However, he was unsuccessful in his attempts and died shortly after. And it's, a, it's alleged that he continued to stalk uh, the Irish countryside, shape-shifting into forms of various other creatures. I like this guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> pretty, pretty cool, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, There's that, nothing I like more than an old occultist. Right. That one's not so, not so much like more kind of like scientific-y or like, you know, as an explanation. This uh-huh. is more so like, this dude literally like summoned this fucking thing, like you know, created this. Um, yeah, yeah. Which honestly, it may more honestly, I guess, may kind of make a little bit more sense. Um, just so. for just for how like unnatural and inhuman it is. Yeah, um, I mean but, that would, that would line up with the same as like if it were had been summoned by druids, right? right. Yeah, true. And just true, the yeah. idea of it having nothing to do with a human spirit or form. Yeah. Right. I I like the idea of like imagine you're like defending your castle and you're expecting like some dudes on horses. You have right? this uh... and all of a sudden this fucking wizard comes up over the hill like summoning a <laughs> demon. But like the way that this thing works though is it's like on all fours. It's like crab walking everywhere. And okay. like and its face is like mangled, just rotted with like just gaping black holes where its eyes once were. Like imagine right. that like coming up on you. Yeah, that's this like spidery no, looking humanoid, like yeah. 
fuck that. That's yeah, that's terrifying. But there were apparently no examples or no um like documented uh like any documented periods or anything of this creature trying to actually like attempt to converse or um like talk or whatever with anybody that came in contact with. Um, Did it ever attack anyone or no. anything like that? No, it's just it was just it was seen and then it'd go away. So that's why a lot of people also just don't think that it was human in any like any way. Like it was you know human in, in nature at all. So seen and um, smelled only. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like I mean, it, there was instances like where he he had uh, came uh, through that spiral staircase and walked out into that area, and it's like creeping up and like the rafters basically about to pounce. Oh him. God, you know. But that's all. That's all it ever did, and that's, that's what fucking even scary. even Mildred Darby said. Like on multiple occasions, she saw it. Like she reported seeing it the whole time that she lived there, right. and it never actually tried to attack her or do anything to her. Basically, when she would see it and it realized that it, she had, you know, she had seen it, it would just disappear or vanish. It still looks so, so scary. That, like, oh, I mean, that'd be terrifying that thing, as fuck. Like, yeah. Hanging out in the rafters as you're walking. It up reminds me staircase. of like a liquor from Resident Evil. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly like the thought that I have. Um, yeah. You know, which that would, that'd be so fucking terrifying. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not into that whatsoever. So <laughs> like, I just, I think of like that, like scenario and being this dude that like walks out there and then, or, or those, even the people like, uh, that the servants had, uh, the, from the, the two like soldiers from the barracks that they had invited over and they're like, right. you know, entertaining them and everything. And they just happened to see this thing, which the servants had never seen it at that point. And they literally leave like they quit their jobs and leave the next morning yeah like I after seeing too. it yeah i, I i'm not surprised i would too yeah yeah so, that's fair enough like that's that's how like terrifying this creature is to all those that end up encountering yeah but definitely. just weird that it never tried to do anything or like attack or you know even like communicate or something like seems weird well maybe it's like you know I'm I'm gonna say it. Maybe it's just like a peek through the veil, right? Maybe, Maybe. you're just yeah. seeing a a vision of it, but it can't really, you know, interact with our world. That's possible, but that doesn't explain why the others can. Like yeah, the other ghosts, true. apparitions, and things like that can communicate. Like uh, the one um, Charlotte um, and her sister. Is that Emily. the girl who jumps over and over again? Emily is the one that jumps. Charlotte is the one. Um, oh, I'm trying to go back to it, man. Now, of course, you've got me questioning. That, no, that Emily, the the jumping over and over again yeah. reminds me. I I thought immediately of like a haunted house bit. Oh yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. like one group walks in and she's like, ah, and then and goes lands, back, does it and again. Then <laughs> they move on, and the next group comes up and. Ah, yeah yeah i mean it's it's very very similar to that for sure um but uh yeah i mean so charlotte was the one that had like the bum leg basically oh yeah and she, she had would this walk like up withered leg people. yeah and she would walk okay. up and ask people have you seen my sister you know she's she's gone she's lost and like even to this day people report seeing her 
and her coming up and asking if they've seen her sister like you know like this just common thing um that might be creepier than the elemental (laughs) (laughs) it's children just have like a little like gimp legged girl asking you like yeah where is my sister yeah yeah i I don't know though the elemental i think in that one kind of trumps it a little bit probably because i could also hear like it's creaky like bony like (laughs) body like sure like Like clicking and popping as it moves and then you just the smell like anytime you smell it you know that it's around and you're gonna fucking freak out like yeah especially if you can't see it or if it's like it's like in a corner somewhere like a fucking weird ass creepy spider like yeah yeah, I, like I think that'd be a bit more terrifying. Your roommate starts like boiling eggs, and you like, you're like, <laughs> I fucking told you, don't be boiling. Every time you boil eggs, I think I'm about to die. Yeah, yeah. No, which is which is crazy because normally it is the children that get me. You know, like it's the I, ghost yeah. kids that like fucking freak me out. But no, like this creepy crawly like liquor style monster. Like, yeah, that's. Ugh. I think. I think that's the key right there is you've related it to something that scared the shit out of you as a child. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what it is. Oh, dude, I, I remember playing Resident Evil and like those just liquors drop out of nowhere and like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, like yeah. the uh, yeah, it kind of also reminded me of the um, the ferals in State of Decay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's very, very similar. Very, very Down similar, on all fours right? and all rotted and er- erratic, and like kind mm-hmm. of hard to keep track of, and yeah, right. And just think of something like that—they can like climb walls and climb ceilings and shit. Like, exactly. yeah, it's oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> and just eviscerate you before you notice. Exactly. So yeah, I, I found that kind of strange. Uh, like I said, just the fact that it's would never never actually hurt anybody or did anything it's surprising yeah i'm just honestly i'm really pumped to be covering a ghost story again i feel like it's It's been been forever it's been a while yeah i mean after after getting into all of our kind of our uh monster month and you're just kind of focusing on all that and um you know our different uh different campfire classics and all that stuff like it's nice to kind of get back to get back to you know traditionally what we were doing before yeah, a proper oh. haunting. Yeah, exactly. Because we we haven't really had one in a while. That's true. I'm. I was like, I was particularly impressed with the red woman story. The yeah, the girl, yeah, the red lady. I think is what they yeah, referred yeah. to her as. But yeah, that yeah. like for one, her story, her like backstory that they've kind of given her. I don't know it if it's awful. Been, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it was horrific. Yeah, like, I mean, she was basically made as like a sex slave for the O'Carroll men yeah. to have their way. And then when she finally becomes pregnant, you know, begging for help and assistance, they murder her and the child. Like, yeah, that's fucking gnarly. It's super gnarly. Yeah. So yeah, that I was, I mean, I would probably haunt them for centuries as well. <laughs> I mean, it's without a doubt. Like, uh, fair play. Know, that's one I think that's one of the ones that stood out to me most just because of how like grotesque that situation is. Yeah. Like and just the fact I mean, you know, obviously it's you know, it's very uncool the whole situation regardless. Of course. Um 
But yeah, I mean, and especially after you know after that happened, they end up killing her and the baby too. Like that's nuts. See, and um, that's like I I think what really stands out to me about stories like that, hearing stories like that, is how like they have to be delivered with the level of like of aloofness because they are so common from that yeah. era. Like this was not even like stand out terrible behavior right at the time like it's pretty pretty common yeah to take like a female prisoner and just keep them as a sex slave was just it was common it was yeah it was just something that happened and like it's really it's difficult with you know when you when you study history there's a really common thing referred to as presentism which is okay. where you impress modern values on the thing on the events of history, right? Mm, yeah. And you instead of judging people on the standards of the time, it's easy to be, you know, held to your to your modern perspective. Right. Of course. I mean things change and Yeah. Yeah, obviously like yeah, just actions of that era versus now. Right. I mean are gonna be perceived and looked at way differently right yeah so like a a small example of that would be like when we go back and watch like movies from the 90s and we're like jesus christ there's no way they could make this movie now (laughs) right yeah like if you go back at especially those like teen comedy movies like right where half of the sex is like after the girl's too drunk to stand up and like oh i know all yeah. those like horrible all that horrible shit that was so accepted and just especially just within you know i would say within the last few years where you know like it just where i mean things are more open you know yeah. it's uh but also you know it's a lot of things have become more taboo because like you know, I guess I'm trying to find the best way to put it, to put it delicately. Well, and I would uh, say, I would say it's because society is finally recognizing the bullshit that women have had to deal with oh, yeah, for centuries, exactly. right? So mm-hmm. now that we're recognizing that, it's it's becoming more widely accepted that things like that are the atrocious events that they actually yeah. are, right? I, it's that they very cringy for sure to like yes. look back and. Like you said, especially those those types of movies that, like now, now would be ridiculed and like you know by by today's standards, yeah, would not be a thing because I mean, they would not make money. That's for sure. Yeah, imagine you know, trying so. to imagine trying to to make Revenge of the Nerds now. Oh yeah, where like half of that movie was about them like stealing girls' underpants and like spying on them and like yeah, super fucking creepy. Anyway. The or extreme, even like Porky's, which yeah. I know that's like what seventies, eighties, whatever, seventies yeah. actually. Yeah, uh, like think of that in today by today's standards. Yeah, no, not at all. Like fucking, there's no way people like creep in through holes in the walls. Like yeah, yeah, just, just yeah, and it's yeah. gross for sure. And and that's what like really gets me about this story is that yeah, I I just couldn't imagine like where something like that would be accepted. Yeah. See, the extreme example, the other end of the spectrum is like when you consider like the slave trade or you consider like like Genghis Khan and the atrocities that he. Oh, yeah. You know, but like it's with this, it's 
it's shocking how like commonplace stories like the origin given to this red lady are like it just shocks me how how commonplace stuff like that was and that's why places with such with history that dates back that far i think that's why they're so fucking haunted yeah like I, I, i'm not surprised yeah yeah like you said no fucking wonder that she's still like haunting the grounds and everything you know just yeah because of you know what she endured like and think like we said how common that was now mm-hmm. that explains like you know imagine if every every woman who ever experienced a thing like that or was killed like that dec- decided to also be haunting you know what i mean yeah. like your whole fucking country's haunted i was gonna say the place would be littered with haunts which it is that's europe you just described europe <laughs> like yeah that's True. yeah that's why because like ireland especially from this time period was a mm-hmm. brutal place yeah like so fucking brutal and i mean atrocities left and right so of course mm-hmm. all those old crumbling castles are fucking full of ghosts and druid summoned demons and like Oh, it's yeah, it's definitely a pretty crazy history. Yeah. Definitely. See, I mean, that's on top of like a lot of this shit was going on before they even got into like witch hunts. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Like once the fifteenth century rolled around, they just compounded all that by like, now we're gonna torture women in public. <laughs> like, I mean, well just like just like in the 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 red lady one. Like after killing them, they just left their their dead bodies literally yeah. on the streets, right? You know, as, as a, a warning, to like exactly to intimidate the other townsfolk, essentially. Yeah, and saying, you know, you fuck up. This is this is going to be you next. Right. Like we have no trouble murdering women and children. Yeah, is what they're basically telling them. Right. And I mean, I think that goes with anybody. I'm sure they didn't have any trouble murdering anyone. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, specifically. I mean, I think that's the message, right? Like, we'll even kill women and children. Right. So don't don't fuck with us. Yeah. It's like that much to like a higher degree at that point. Right. So, yeah, it's uh, that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely one of the crazier ones just because of the backstory for um you know a lot of the others we don't really have a lot of backstory on or anything like you know uh, emily and charlotte and stuff like that like other than you know just the basic you know what happened right so Um, i mean i know those are like the primary um sort of images that are commonly seen there but right does the does the place have like does it also have like random sort of more commonplace like poltergeisty activity or like well they also picking up evps and shit um i mean yeah people that people that go and like and actually do like ghost hunts and stuff do pick up a lot of a lot of shit um you know i i don't know because i mean you know even like i guess looking at some of the so i watched uh i watched one one investigation where they went in, they got a lot of a lot of EVP uh, okay. uh, activity. Uh, they didn't see anything during that particular investigation, though, which was kind of a bummer. Yeah, you know, just because like that would kind of add a little bit more to it, you know. But then you also have Sean Ryan talking about how they see they like he sees some of these as clear as like you and me looking at each other. 
And then he also says that some of them he sees like basically like with an aura around them. See, um, now I kind of have a problem with this because they're musicians, right? He and his wife, right? Obviously, his they wife had is enough- like a she's like an Irish dancer. Okay, um, gotcha. So obviously, they had enough money to buy a goddamn castle, <laughs> right? Right, and they're restoring yeah. the castle. Couldn't they allocate some of their funds to like I don't know surveillance cameras yeah. and like I, I would think so right maybe Especially we could watch him maybe we could watch him have a conversation with you know the red yeah. lady at the dinner table I would like, think like something like that would be important especially if they're offering tours and yeah. like ghost you know ghost hunts and like stuff like that I mean yeah that would seem like a very common practice at that point you know. Yeah, so maybe let's see some fucking footage. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, but then, you know, you get into the whole the whole thing is there were ever actually been documented footage of a ghost, of right. an actual apparition, you know, which is a very solid argument on both both sides, regardless. So, I you know, I, I it would be awesome. I agree. And I think that'd be the the definitive proof, right? Right there. Yeah, would of course. Be able to like prove whatever. I but mean, let's that's still not... something we don't have to this day from any like anywhere. Yeah. So I mean, let's not pretend that even if he did set up, you know, surveillance and and recorded himself sitting having a chat with the fucking elemental, that people wouldn't immediately go like Photoshop. Right, it's, it's fake. I mean, that's, that's the constant struggle, right? Is like, even when there is evidence, you know, I'm like, I'm a big Bigfoot guy. I love Bigfoot footage. Yeah. And like, it's, it's everywhere. I see like new footage of, of Sasquatch regularly. Like once a week, I'll see a, what I consider to be a pretty compelling piece of video evidence. Mm-hmm. And every damn comment on it is like faked bullshit. Uh, this was debunked on Snopes. Fuck off. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, that's, it's one of the biggest things. People instantly are always looking for a way to debunk something or prove that it's false for the sake of their own disbelief. I don't like, which I'm I mean, never, you know, that's fine. But it's also like you have to you have to look at and I guess that that comes down to that like narrow mindedness. Sure. But like, you know, looking at something with an open mind and, you know, not immediately assuming it's fake just because you don't want to you don't want to think anything otherwise. Right. But that's how so many people are. Exactly. Because it would rattle their cage to know to feel like there might be a Sasquatch out there. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, because, yeah, it's a. If the proof came out and it was 100% authentic and then like how much would that fuck with people that like spend their entire lives like completely believing otherwise? Yeah. Because then I mean, I still don't think they would believe. Probably like, not. Like th- I think there would still be people trying to debunk it and trying to like argue it and shit. Like even if like the, the proof was like literally sitting in front of you, like you came face to face with it. Yeah. That's so. a I'll- I don't think I'll ever understand people who want their lives to be so fucking boring. Right. Oh, yeah. I agree. Like, they just don't want to believe in anything, and everything is just, like, hard science, and that's it. 
Is yeah, it, what kind of life is that to like lead where you know right. like you can't you can't even like even just on a slight off chance like you know be yeah. open to it like if it's real cool if not then cool like doesn't matter I mean why not yeah. like why not approach it like that like whatever I understand like some healthy skepticism but where's the fucking whimsy like what kind of <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean like yeah what kind of life is that where like nothing is unknown mm-hmm. that that doesn't even make sense to me yeah I, I i just think that's you know when you're when you're set or you're brought up maybe a certain way maybe that comes down to just you know that nature versus nurture to an extent like you sure. know like they experience what they've what they've been brought up with versus right. what they actually experience on their own and so, you know, you develop that mindset, like, and then you just keep that mindset. Yeah. Or I find um, a lot of the, know. like, I find a lot of the, like, hardline skeptics are people who were raised by, like, in religious families. Oh, yeah. Because I think in, that's like, probably one of the biggest right. ones. They yeah. embrace it in, like, in rebellion to the faith they were raised with. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to, it's hard to break those, those kind of I ingrained mean, habits. Yeah, it's 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 one of those like especially. Uh, I don't want to get into religion, but sure, you know it's you, you think a certain way, and when things aren't really that way, yeah, yeah, you know it is what it is. But re- all that being said, I would love to see some video footage of what's going on here. I, yeah, you know what I, I mean. I would think like if it were me, and I I live especially in a big ass fucking castle like this where. You know, it's common practice to see, you know, this guy or this guy or this lady or this fucking yeah. creepy crawly spider dude. Like, I'd be setting up to see that on the daily. And, oh yeah, I would yeah. too. I would. I would at least like have cameras set up throughout the throughout the castle. Like, why not? You know, like what? Like, that just you could also have that like as a means to like promote your fucking place too. Like, hey, this is what we caught. Come check it out. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, you- he might be, we have to acknowledge the fact that he might be as well, like, just like Darby was, or might have been. Maybe they were both full of shit, and they really are just trying to make money off of it. You know what it's I mean? possible, too. Maybe setting up but- cameras in the castle would not be good for his business, if you know what I mean. But what about the reports of visitors seeing yeah. these things? That's true. You know, unless that's all bullshit, too. People also like, you know, they see what they want to see. It's easy True. to get spooked, you know? Yeah, especially if you're told that, you know, all of this is here, like, watch out for it. You're going to be looking in, like, the deepest, uh, like, deepest, darkest corners or be looking at, like, yep. shadows and then immediately, like, putting a figure to a shadow or whatever else. I mean, yeah, that's very easy to do. Yep. Your mind can fuck with you, for sure. Absolutely. You know, so, yeah, maybe, maybe that's part of it, but... I'm just saying you it's know, a possibility, I, right? So, like, I agree. It's not that, something to dismiss at all. That might sure. explain why he hasn't set up cameras because he's worried that you know nobody he, else is going to start to come. And you know, yeah, if you don't have they, any type of video evidence or evidence, if you're claiming that hey, I have video, but you have nothing to be able to show, exactly, then yeah, people are going to start to start to question, right? Yeah. Shame he married a dancer instead of a video editor. <laughs> true hey you know there's photoshop yeah you know you can you can use like 
any type of video editing software and add in a couple little little creepy crawlies. Oh yeah. Some some EVPs, some stuff where you're like, Don't you think it said we're demons? And it's like <laughs> and it's like definitely. Definitely <laughs> said, said help demons. me. I'm trapped. <laughs> yeah. I fucking hate those. Me too. Oh. It, it bothers me so much that they'll like they've even started where they'll play the EVP first. And then they tell you what it's supposed to say, and right. then you hear it when they play it again. Of course, right? But like, I try to. Sometimes it, I can't, though. Like they do it brazenly it's really now. I remember back in the day, they used to like they would tell you first. They're like, right. "We're we're about to show you this amazing EVP we captured, where obviously a spirit says like, we're going to the bathroom, and like, and then they would play it, and of course that's what you hear, exactly." But now though, like, <laughs> they don't even care anymore. They're just like, we know you won't hear it the first time, but we're going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. But like all that ever sounds like to me is just radio static. Yep. Where maybe there's some slight interference. Yeah. And I like that, that, that becomes a little bit hard, harder for me to like, I mean, you know, but like spirit boxes and stuff. I mean, yes, yeah, I don't know. I go back and forth. Uh, I love the idea of like sphere boxes and stuff too, but me too. I mean, Hellier really sold me on like the Estes method. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I I I really dig that. I but I think it's I don't think it's I as think cut and dry. Right. I don't think the spirit box in general is as cut and dry as they say it is. Like I don't I don't know if it's literally a spirit like the radio the device picking up a spirit talking. Yeah. I mean, I that's think, what it's supposed to be, right? Right. It's supposed to be them communicating using the form of, like, the radio to do so. Right. And you have, like, random words that come up, and, you know, that's supposed to be them communicating back, so. I think it's, in my opinion at least, it's more of a, it's like the, um, you you kind of hear what you what you want to hear or what you need to hear. Yeah. Right? So, like... Maybe the energy or the spirits or whatever that are in a place are putting your mind in a in a place to receive a certain message from what you're hearing on the device. Okay. Right? That makes more yeah. sense to me than like it ghosts, being like a full blown means of right. communication. Ghosts like being able to sync up with radio waves for some reason. Yeah. Like it just well, I mean, the, you get into like the whole poltergeist thing, right? So, like, think of like even the original poltergeist movie. Sure, you have this white noise static television mm-hmm. that's a means for almost like a portal, right? Yeah. So, if you kind of look at it like that, and then you know maybe white noise is a means, and, and there's been a lot of things that have associated with white noise with any type of you know paranormal activity. Yeah, most often poltergeist, but. Like, yeah, so using white noise, static, radio, whatever else. Uh, but, you know, in a spirit box, you're not, it's not as much static as it is just flipping through channels looking for, you know, for just random words right. to come out. Things so, that stand out to you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's definitely a tough one for sure. I, I mean, if any of you listeners know more about how you know spirit boxes work or any of that please feel free to contact us because i would love to learn more about it 
but we're by no no means professional in that area that's definitely not no we're like we're we're definitely not like boots on the ground investigators like i i would love to though like that is something i've always wanted to get into yeah and it's something i would love to at least even do once you know like an actual full-blown investigation i know even there for a while we were even like discussing pitching like a trailer park boys style comedy ghost hunting yeah i I, I, I still love that idea i thought it would have been hilarious yeah definitely where it's just very yeah really bad Uh, ghost hunters really bad and very vulgar but also like it probably would have pissed a lot of people off but it would also have been funny yeah most because a lot of it probably would have been very fake yeah of and, course you know i would love to have gotten like a scene where you know we like we're looking for a ghost like a legit ghost hunt then we have like somebody on the crew just running around on a, a white sheet sure <laughs> you just for the for the sake of just having something to film right um now keep in regardless, mind yeah. keep in mind we only mock the things we love so exactly yeah 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 i mean you know, obviously we do this for a reason, so... Yeah, of course. But, like, getting back to the to the spirit communication thing, I think, to me, like, the, the paranormal is more about, like, a person's connection to the universe. So, or, the, like, the yeah. way that they see... The way that they see and interact with the universe. So, like... Yeah. I feel like the spirit box is really just... I mean, it's kind of like when I like give myself a tarot reading, right? It's like, it just, it's a, a new perspective to see things through, right? That's handed to you at random. Mm-hmm. So like, I, yeah, I that makes sense. that's kind of how I see the, the spirit box is like, you're picking up what you need to pick up to maybe understand the situation you're in more mm-hmm. or to, understand the history of a place more maybe it's just a way of like a new way of considering what's going on i think a lot of it though you do have to take with a grain of salt sure. like it's not going to be 100 percent accurate it's not going to be like you're not going to get everything you're looking for out of something like that of course not that's why there's so many different you know so many different tools that you use in an in investigation regardless right um you know because no tool is going to be 100 percent definitive and give you like all the solid evidence that you need to make a judgment call or make a, you know, like decide on, you know, what you believe in that particular case or, you know, especially if you don't see anything. So, right. So you use, you know, voice and video and motion detection and your own senses. And you hope that in the overlap of all those things, maybe something makes sense at the end of the night. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that makes sense for sure. But, I mean, it'd still be like, like I said. I'd still love to have access to to a nice toolkit, oh, and yeah. eventually, I want to do you know an actual investigation. I know that we've talked about like you know doing one. Uh, obviously, you know, like like the Monroe House, like getting into something like that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because it's very close to home, so like something like that would be cool. Um, you know, just something something just to get you know get your feet wet a little bit. Right, nice entry level haunted place. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because I mean, that was a house that you know families were still living in when we were in high school. 
You know what right. I mean? It oh, wasn't yeah. it wasn't like known as like a crazy haunted spot until like probably the last ten years. Yeah, <laughs> and then all of all of a sudden, this is like the most haunted place yeah, yeah. in the area, and many like TV like TV shows have done investigations. Like I think like Travel Channel's done an investigation, or yeah, I think they like did Discovery like, Channel, um, like shit like that. Like yeah, uh, what what's that Paranormal Lockdown? I think is the Something. show that did an episode there. Or like the the guy and the girl spent the night. You is know, that, no, that's not the one with Jack uh, Osborne, is it? No, oh, that's Paranormal Highway or something. Stupid. I don't know something. Oh. All I know <laughs> is, is, let me just tell you, those shows they never film the gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> never ever. Well, yeah, they, they never film the coffee bar or like the little rack full of potato chips that you can. Uh huh buy from yeah hey they have heat now so that's oh, a yeah. that's a that's step true. in the right direction still no bathrooms but heat <laughs> definitely i'm sure eventually they'll they'll just like renovate the whole place and then they'll just start like renting it out for the night right and then they'll realize that they with the rental market you know inflated as it is they could actually make more money just pretending it's not haunted and renting it to someone and just doing like an airbnb yeah, yeah exactly I mean, <laughs> but you know, like they have had so many groups come in, which yeah. is, which is crazy. Like it sparked a lot of interest and like, there's been books that have been written about the place. Yeah. I mean, I imagine there's like, something to it because it, it has really caught on over the last decade. Like I'm really surprised like Zach Baggins and his group haven't been there yet though. I'm sure he will. I'm I'm sure eventually. Yeah. Might as well. He'll probably get possessed to see things. <laughs> I mean, you know, and like take the front door off and take it back to Las Vegas with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He does have a pretty damn cool though, like uh, his his little like paranormal museum. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, he basically has like the basement to uh, Demon House. <laughs> yep, for which Gary. Is hilarious. Yeah, he took the fucking stairs. He took a bunch of dirt. He took all kinds of shit so he could recreate it. Yeah. What is the point of like raising a house to the ground if you're going to like take some of the shit with you? I like, mean, they're tearing it down. I think uh, I don't want to get into like. Uh, I mean, we've already done an episode on Demon House. Definitely go back and listen to it. Yeah, sure. I, I think honestly, tearing it down, I think was a means of playing into it that much more. Yeah, it's sold that it was like this horrible, like gateway to exactly. hell or whatever. Yeah, but Demon House was one of the biggest ones in Indiana. Like, I mean, still to this day, there's a lot of a lot of shit, like a lot of shit in the news. Like, yeah, I mean, even like even hit the news, like as news reports and stuff on the on the place. And like, there's yeah, I mean, there's a reason everyone covers it. Like it's yeah. it's a fucked up story, for yeah, sure, for sure. But yeah, I think I think a lot of that was just uh, it's kind of a stunt. Yeah, just to heighten the the craze. Yep, yeah. and then people are like, oh, thank the heavens, it's torn down. No, <laughs> right, the devil can't get me. Right, because demons definitely won't live here if they have to stand in the rain <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> right like if they have to just stand around the whole time like they're probably gonna go somewhere else they're like there isn't even a hide a bed here i'm out (laughs) yep no like i don't know for me 
yeah, his museum, I guess, is cool. I would visit it probably if I was there. But like the the paratourism thing, I'm into. I really like the like little festivals yeah. that towns have. I really like like I love um, the idea of like uh, and, Greg and Dana Newkirk's their traveling, yeah, yeah, uh, like traveling museum and stuff is cool for sure. I love the like paranormal museums, the like um, the American Snallygaster Museum, like all that shit. Right. I like all those. I think there's a line though. And I think Zach Baggins crossed the line like years ago where he's literally just like soaking up as much money as he possibly can before he dies. I mean, you got to give it to him though. The dude is pretty smart when it comes to that. Like he knows how to play it off. Like, I mean, yeah. And at a certain point that kind of business acumen is like applauded but also if like it begins to feel like he's kind of making a mockery of it you know what i mean sometimes yeah i mean well look at old ghost adventures for sure when he come in like i mean still even i guess i I haven't really watched in a long time but like he'd go in and like just like fuck with you know fuck with like the ghosts and like be like oh come at me bro like you know like i mean you know that's what i could imagine him saying um it was but, a, yeah i mean just like literally like threatening and stuff like that just you know yeah the ones that I always guess, the, the i guess i mean i guess that's one approach right right exactly yeah. but like the ones that always stand out to me were like the ghost town where they would visit some like ghost town in the west and like he definitely had those like wyatt Earp ultra testosterone like <laughs> super jacked bro vibes yeah. yeah 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 i don't know i don't know this isn't gonna be an episode where we just you know talk shit about zach baggin i know it's so difficult to not again it's into. not like i don't like the guy yeah same. like sometimes sometimes he's super decent like i actually enjoy like watching what he does but sometimes he's just kind of obnoxious <laughs> yeah agreed <laughs> which i guess that's that's most people you know so <laughs> yeah to okay. an extent so Leap Castle, I think Leap is Castle. why that's why we sat down here originally, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not getting off on a tangent, um, you know. So I, uh, you know, obviously, given the given the time period, given the background and everything, I think it's legit. I tend to agree. I buy into it. Yeah, I like. I I have a lot easier time buying these like these places that have been around for 500 years. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, just, yeah, it's, you know, basically built in around the 13th century and like to like, you know, withstand that. I mean, obviously it was a castle. It's going right. to withstand like till the end of time, basically. Sure. But, you know, but given the, the history, given the area, given like the whole, like just the background of everything. I mean, I think there's a lot, there's a lot to it that really like, really solidifies and helps to back it up for sure. Yeah, the absolute horror that played out inside those walls. It yeah. makes sense to I me. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah. It makes sense to me for sure. Yeah, I I agree. I buy it. I I really Yeah, I don't want to get back on that, but like it kind of bums <laughs> me out that like every time I hear a place is like you know, hosting, you know, 
12 different paranormal groups every Friday night from and 8 so p.m. to 8 a.m. So notoriously haunted and yeah. And yet they're letting 70 people in there every Friday night to just like roam the halls with video rec- like it it like it makes it less believable to me. I I understand. I understand. And that's, you know, and that that's kind of a bummer. But also, like, if you have something like that that you can also maybe, you know, maybe make a little bit of money off of, and if it's legit, yeah, like, yeah. I guess my brain just tells me that, like, people tend to stay away from things that are dangerous, right? True. Like, just as a general rule, human beings avoid things that are bad for them, right? So, like... At least to. Right. So, it... It like it flies in the face of that, that like these places that are supposedly like haunted and plagued by, you know, elementals summoned by druids and like all this like potentially terrifying shit. Why are so many people hanging out there then? But see, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't know half the shit that we do. Exactly. But like, I I always find it more believable when someone recounts an event where they experience something terrifying, some touch, you know, some near mm-hmm. miss or graze with the paranormal and they never went back. Right. Yeah. Like that makes sense to me. My brain understands that series of events. Right. What doesn't make sense to me is like, well, me and my wife, we went in this castle and it's full of terrifying shit. So we decided to buy it and live here. You know what I mean? But you also have people that love that. They love the idea of being scared. Sure. They love the idea of something, you know, something that could harm them. I mean, think of all the shit that we have. Amusement parks, like literally like roller coasters and shit. People that go skydiving. Um, you know, like right, but anything most of, that you do, most of those things are manufactured danger though. It's like, right. Like a yeah. roller coaster is, gives you the sense of fear, but it works and people come back because they know it's safe. Right. The front of yeah. your brain is telling you, Oh God, we're about to die. The back of your brain knows that you're safe and that you're going to be right? fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it, I don't, I mean, I know this I'm guy, this guy and Still his wife. partially there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there are definitely, you know, there are adrenaline junkies, right? Like, yeah. People jump out of planes. For sure. People do that every day. That's not always going to be safe. Exactly. Parachute yeah, or not, there's not 100% chance. Exactly. Right. But like, and I know these, these guys have, the current owners, they have this attitude like, you know, they're very open to the ghosts and... Like you have every right to be here and, and all that, which is cool. I dig that vibe. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I like that, but like how scary is it then? You know what I mean? I mean, to them, to them, it's not, Yeah. to them, it's, it's not going to be scary. It's going to be your everyday occurrence, but they sell it as, as scary haunted. That's what I'm saying. Like you think, you think of something haunted, you think, yeah, it's scary. Yeah, but I'm these just, people that are there every day. I guess I'm just having then, trouble reconciling those two realities, right? That like the people yeah. that live there aren't scared of it. Why the fuck should I be? 
You know what I mean? But, you know, who's to say to an outsider? Right. To someone, and, and also, depending on your actions and your behavior and stuff towards them sure. or towards the situation, that could also be different, too. Right. You know? Like a guy who has so, a, a big, scary dog that's sweet to him, but who knows with you, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I buy that. But yeah, I know, I, I know what you mean. You know, I, I definitely, I definitely get what you're saying as well. It's just, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I'm thankful that we have things like this because like I said, otherwise we wouldn't have a whole lot to talk about. I mean, I'm really glad that people Uh, are like, like he and his wife are preserving places like this. Even if, even if the whole paranormal thing is bullshit, even if there's nothing there except this amazing castle from the 13th century, I'm glad mm-hmm. someone is there, no matter what the motivation is. Someone is there, and they're they're restoring it, right? They're like like preserving this piece of Irish history. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that's and they they took something burnt. You know, half of it was burnt down in 1922 during the Irish Civil War. Yeah. To fully functioning, livable, and everything. Which I would like. I you know I've seen pictures and videos of. The castle itself, but not of the actual living quarters. That's what I'd like to see. What they actually did with that. Yeah, I was. I think that would be that'd be cool. I was um, googling images for the socials for this week, and like, it's the the pictures are pretty grand. Like him sitting at the head of these like this like massive dining room table that seats probably yeah. like thirty people. Oh, I, I mean, like, you have a fucking castle. Why not? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's yeah, but I would like to see the living quarters as well. I'm always like curious about that because like you on a, obviously you could just frame in a few rooms and have a house worth of of space. Yeah. Right? I mean just like uh the the house that like the conjuring's based off of. Yeah, yeah. Um I've watched a lot of interviews with them where like the whole rest of the house is separate from where they live in. Yeah. Like the rest of the house that they let like investigators come through and like, you know, check out completely like cut off from where they actually live in the house right and the the place the areas that get investigated are kept like original right and exactly the the spaces Mm -hmm. that they live in have been like have been redone and it's actually livable yeah yeah Yeah. oh that makes sense yeah that just it just makes me curious i mean i think it'd be cool yeah i'd love to see a castle yeah definitely all right well i think that uh yeah i think that concludes uh this week's episode that's uh episode 20 the Haunting of Leap Castle. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week. And it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you. So please come and check us out on all the socials at campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. 
It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers. Stay weird. And and trust trust in the unknown. unknown.